Welcome, TTB community. I'm Bob Demena, and here with me, as always, is the genteel Elliot Shively. Elliot, break it down. Oh, thank you for the kind words, Bob. Before we get into the show, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. Do you have inventions you pitch to your family at Christmas and they just nod and listen? Did you create something that nobody wants and will never sell? Then look no further than Circle Void, where you can list all of your crap that no one won't buy, ever. You have an army of tagged Beanie Babies, your vintage Skechers collection, your non-holographic Pokemon cards, your Pogs. At Circle Void, you can design and develop a very confusing and complicated website where you can list all of your hoarding possessions that will never turn a profit. Circle Void, make nothing happen. Man, if that didn't convince you to buy that product, I don't know what will. <laughs> TTB community, please join the TTB, the Traveler's Blueprint community on Facebook. It's a private group. We post uh, some flight deals. We give insight on upcoming podcast episodes. It's a nice little spot if you're into what we have going on here. It's where you can learn more and keep up to date with what we have going on. All right. So I just want to say, so TTB community, do you remember how we've talked in the past about how important it is? For those travel relationships to form, meeting new people, talking to them, getting to know them because you don't know where it's going to help you out in the future. Well, today our guest is a prime example of exactly that. I met her two years ago in Thailand. We hit it off. We had a great time. We stayed in touch through social media. And more importantly, she is a huge Game of, Thir game of Thrones nerd, just like myself, uh, which really helped uh, spark the friendship. Um so without further introduction, I want to bring on the coolest person in Westeros, Michaela Salinas. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Hi, Michaela, and welcome to our show. Hey. It's really awesome to catch up with you. I know. So many things have happened since we last saw each other. Yeah, so you and I had met in Thailand through the Kentucky tour where we also met our previous guest, Leah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, this is this is really nice to catch up with you. And we, I reached out to you because you just got back from your very awesome honeymoon. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. Yeah, so how about you tell everybody where you went for your honeymoon? All right, so I did three weeks in Kenya and Seychelles. That yes. that is sounds like an awesome honeymoon. Not that is not Florida. That is not the Caribbean, and it's like not Hawaii. Italy. I'm in Hawaii right now. Yeah, right, right, the right. Anti Zika zone. I feel everyone is going for. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Elliot, you actually you were in um, Africa. You spent time there as well. I don't know how close these countries are to each other. The Kenya borders Tanzania to the north. Yes. Oh, okay, so you were yeah. Tanzania. Yep, I was in Tanzania for six weeks back in the summer of 2012. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool experience. That was a part of a study abroad program with my university. Oh, cool! Best trip of your life? One of them. Yeah, I've I've sure. been I've been grateful to have a few great trips, um, but that one definitely is up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really want to go to Africa, really bad. So, did you see any elephants? Oh my god, are you kidding me? So yeah. I I adopted a baby elephant because I fell so in love. I was like obsessed. What's its name? They're huge. Oh, his name is Mac Tao. Mac Tao. 
Yes. Yeah, we can get into that after. That was like one of my favorite moments. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Is there? Yeah. All right. We'll hold off on that. Talk me through the experience with the elephants. Were they out in the wild? Wild, or is this like a safari through a national park? So, um, in Nairobi, there is the David Sheldrick um, Elephant Orphanage, and they save these these orphan babies from the wild. They're usually orphaned because of human wildlife conflict, and they raise them from the time they get there until they're about three years old. And that's where they're in the nursery. So like they're bottle fed every three hours by their keepers. It's the cutest thing ever. So uh, we went, this was our very first day there. That was our first activity. And we got to watch these babies be bottle fed. And they are like guzzling like six liters of human baby formula in, in minutes. And then they just play in the mud. It's the cutest thing ever. And then I fell so in love. I got to go back because I decided to foster one of the babies and I got to watch him be put to bed. Wow. And And so what what does fostering a baby now entail for you? Literally, it was $50 American. And it means that now I get a monthly updates. So I get to like know what's going (laughs) on with MacTow. And all of the shenanigans, like elephants are so funny. I have no <laughs> idea. They're like real human babies. Like they bite each other's tails and they bully each other. But like, oh, it's, it, they're so sweet. They're so complex and adorable. Uh, my, my mom actually gave uh, my wife and I our, like the world wildlife adoption of an elephant last year for Christmas. Oh my God. That's all I want to do now. I'm like, oh my God, I want to adopt a baby elephant for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I, I, I want an elephant now. I, I need to go to Africa so bad. Uh, yeah. What other animals? Anything else exciting? Oh my God. I saw everything. So I went to Kenya during uh, the Great Migration. Ooh. Yeah. We chose it. We got married in February, but we specifically chose to go in September because it was during the Great Migration. So it's when the wildebeests go from Tanzania into Kenya. And it just means that there's so much more around and so much more to see. So like our first day on safari in the Masai Mara, we saw everything. The like lions, we saw leopards, we saw cheetahs and things that people can go and spend a month in in Africa and not see these animals. And we saw them on our first day. So all these predators are just drawn to this air because of the abundance in food. Exactly. Yep. Uh. That's so awesome. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really jealous because I did a three day safari trip in Tanzania in Makumi National Park. And this was in June. And we only saw lions. We saw a lot of the the herbivores. We only saw lions, though, as like the big cats. We didn't see any leopards. We I claim to have saw a leopard, but it's not confirmed. And we didn't see any cheetahs. I was kind of disappointed, but I guess a Serengeti is more common to have the cheetahs. I guess Makumi doesn't have too many. They're rare. The thing with cheetahs and leopards is they're very aloof. So they're around, but you don't see them, right? Yeah. They're in bushes or they're up in trees. They're hiding and they're very shy and scared of humans. So they keep themselves like they, they stay afar. But yeah, our guide julius who was amazing uh he couldn't believe it he was like you have no idea how lucky you are <laughs> yeah that's like, i know black rhinos like we oh, saw man every, yeah we saw everything oh yeah that's the other th- i wish i had seen a rhino yep 
Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess Bob, we'll have to go back because I, oh, I missed to. out like we on half to. the stuff. I need to see an elephant in the wild. That is such a big goal of mine. And now that I'm talking to you, it's it's getting pushed even further along. I I love them growing up. They're my favorite animal by far. It's they are so gigantic. Okay, you're gonna love this if you love elephants. So one night we were. So here's the thing. No one could believe it when I. It came back and I went back to work and everyone was like, so like, what was the safari? Like, were you really in the wild? And I'm like, yeah, man, you are in these, we stayed in like luxury tents. Glamping. So like, we glamped. Yeah. Yeah. I can't camp. We glamped. <laughs> we had like a functioning toilet and a shower, but you're still in a tent in the middle of the wild and you're not in a gated or fenced community. So they literally tell you, you can't leave the tent at night. If you want to walk around when the sun goes down, you have to flash your flashlight around and a guard will come and escort you where you want to go. But you always like they have either a gun or a machete <laughs> because you're literally out in the wild. So the one night there was so much commotion happening outside of our tent. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I think this might be how I die. <laughs> like, no one's going to know if I die because we're in the middle of Africa. So. I was freaking out. It was so noisy. And in the morning we open our tent and there's just like huge elephant poo. So there was literally elephants right beside our tent. Wow. Wow. Um, you're getting it stepped on. I know. That's, I was like, if they sit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like man. they just, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's Have so you heard cool. of anybody getting taken from their tents at night? <laughs> I hope that you do your research prior to uh, booking with this company. They yeah. So I was, I'm a huge planner when it comes to my trips because I want to have the best possible experience, especially when you're paying so much money. Right. So I went with a very reputable safari camp and I knew that there were no tragedies on this camp. No, that's good. That's, that's, that's an good. Important... You sound, you sound like someone I know. Yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very specific to my planning. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, in, in your bio, I saw that you like to plan your next vacation while you're on your vacation. Is that not the weirdest thing? Everyone's like, why are you I talking get it. about the next trip? Yeah, well, that's, that's what Bob does too. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I get the idea. Yeah, rolling. But Elliot and I had booked Peru, um, what was it, a few months ago. We're not going until April. Oh, Our itinerary cool. is like 90% complete. Yeah. That's like yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you no, go through, you can go through, make sure it's good. You can go through again and just continuously, you know, just double and recheck yourself and uh, have the best trip possible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the way to go. So when you were starting to plan your honeymoon, you had you had got, wanted to go to Africa for a long time, right? Yeah. 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 And were you always set on Kenya and the Great Migration or did you have other places in I flirted with a few countries initially. So I thought about Namibia, very cool. It has a desert, Tanzania, you know, the Serengeti, South Africa, the wineries. Like there were a lot of things I thought about. We thought about um, like Uganda for, for the gorillas. So I don't know. We thought about a lot, but I was like, okay, I want a country that really aligns with my goals for the trip and my big goal was like animals I wanted to do a solid like I want to do a good safari and to me like what's better than the great migration when it comes to safaris absolutely so was it was it difficult to plan did you do it before you actually got married or did you plan it after you got married I planned it after because I wanted to enjoy it and I wanted something to plan after planning such a huge event because 
your wedding is insane, right? It is. So yeah, so I did it. That was the first thing I did after I got married. I started planning my honeymoon. It was the most exciting part of my whole wedding. You didn't start planning it during the wedding? No. (laughs) I didn't know if it was like vacation. That night, that night. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I went, I bought a book about Kenya and I read it and I figured out from there the things that I wanted to do. And then I started planning. All right. And it was that simple. Yeah. How did flights go? How did you do flights? So I'm a nurse and we don't get much time off here. So I knew like I couldn't do the summer because I wouldn't get the time off for the summer. So I knew I had until November for the great migration. And I was like, okay, let's just figure out some dates in September. And I figured it out. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not one who looks for deals when it comes to flights. Like I'm not very, yeah, I don't know. I don't look for deals. I just kind of go for it. Yeah. You just pick your time and that's your time and you're going regardless of the cost. Yeah, Yeah. kind of. That's, that's one way to do it. It's a lot easier that way. Yeah. You don't, you don't stress out about trying to find the best deal. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was looking daily for our flights to Peru pretty much. I mean, every other day just going on and then I ended up did, I found really cheap ones, but it was, you know, constantly going, getting online and checking. But how do you find the cheap flight? Like, I'm just not good at my that. my preferred method is through Google Flights. You can go to the graph, like a, a graph chart, a bar, a bar chart, graph bar, bar chart. What is it called again? The, One of those. <laughs> so it it's it's basically a bar graph, and <laughs> that's <it> what is. <laughs> and it shows you the trends in flights, and you can go far enough out, and you just look for the lower bars, and then you can get an idea of what the the cost is going to be at that moment. It goes up and down, but you can kind of watch it fluctuate. And then you can pick the dates. And as you play around with the dates, um, you know, you go on an 11-day trip, six-day trip, four-day trip. It then changes as well. And you can sort of – if you play around with that enough and you learn the system, you can end up finding really good deals that way. Yeah, and sometimes if you change the uh, flying out location, like if you have a few airports around you, Mm -hmm. some, some flights will be cheaper like a nearby airport versus your airport. Yeah, we have three nearby. We have one in New Jersey, Newark, we have Philadelphia, and then we have JFK in New York City are all within a short distance. And so I can check all three of those. That helps a lot, too. Right. Oh, so you guys are smart. No, I just kind of like eat money when it comes to that. We could have gone, we could have flown like Ethiopian Airlines. And we were like, do we want to fly Ethiopian Airlines? (laughs) Yeah. Ah. You know, it was way cheaper. We were like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> no, in, in that flying. case, I think you made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah, the planes that they have are probably, you know, recycled from American Airlines when they got done with them. And For real. They I was sell like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, all right. So my so animals was one of my biggest questions. And we could still come back to that. If you have some animal stories. Oh, my. Um, so many. Well, you know what? I want to hear. I want to hear yeah, one more animal story. I want to, I want to hear as many yeah. as you have. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're so intriguing. I'm not so on safari. We would go out for in the morning. It was about a five hour drive, and you know, initially when you're first on safari, you're just focused on. Oh my god! Okay, I saw an elephant. I saw the lion. You're just. Oh my god! You're so excited about seeing the physical animals, but once you've seen them, now you're like, okay, I want to know what they do in their normal habitat. And the longer you're there, the more you get to see. So the one afternoon we saw a huge lion hunt and it was 
the coolest thing. I We were dying. Like you didn't even know where to look because so much was happening. And you like, you can't believe how intelligent these people are. Like, oh my God, if I had to go hunt for my food, like I would just die. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. It's like the, and it's, it's, it's the group structure of it. That's very cool. So it all started. Um, zebras were hanging around and there were about three lions hiding in bushes and they started to notice the zebra. Well, little did the zebra know there were out, there were lions hiding in bushes on the other side of them as well. So the three lions that we were beside to start to decide to perk up and they start, you know, like emerging and they call to the lions on the other side of the zebra. So you're like hearing these like grunts and calls between them and they're still, they're far away from each other. Right. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, what was three lions hiding in a bush become seven lions circling this group of zebra. And you're like, holy shit. So they're circling them and you're like, oh my God. And then you like, you don't know who to cheer for. You're like, well, I like, I don't want the zebra to die. I don't want to watch the zebra die, but you're kind of rooting for the lions at this point too. So you're like, you don't even know. So, so like they're circling them and they, they went too soon. They like shot for it a little too quickly and they missed the kill. Oh, so, so did they, did they all just start running after the zebra? So they start circling and then, and it was so sad. You could hear the zebras panicking. It was really sad. Like they're in full panic mode and they don't know what to do. So they kind of start to encroach on a couple of them, hoping to single one out. But one of the younger, so, okay. um, Lions, the young stay with the families or for the, with the prides for about two years before they're kicked out. So this was a younger lion. He was around two, like he was about to leave. So he was learning to hunt. And he screwed it all up. So he ran for the zebra too quickly. And the thing is, yes, they're powerful. Yeah, they're the top of the food chain, but they're not fast. So the fact that he went too quickly, he didn't have enough backup. And the zebra could just like ran. Wow. Shrug, shrug him off and go. Yeah. yeah. Out of nowhere, like um, a male lion emerged. And like, he was like, yeah, man, my girls, like they got my food. And no, wow. they failed. The girls failed. Oh, man. There's this uh, video clip circulating right now of this lion hunt. And it, I think it, it had to have been uh, during the Great Migration because it was this massive herd of wildebeest. Yeah. And the guy's filming and you see a female lion kind of crouching near uh, a shrub and all of the wildebeest running by. And like 30 seconds into the video she the female lion doesn't do anything and out of nowhere this huge male lion just comes running from off screen and just tackles a wildebeest in the oh, middle it. yeah just tackles it it's and, one of the coolest videos i've ever seen yeah but yeah. The, <laughs> i have to watch yeah it's it's when unbelievable saw, yeah when the male lion came out so it was seven seven women and and then the male came and you're like Oh my god! It was the most intense stuff <laughs> you could ever see. Like you couldn't even believe it. You were watching it with your eyes. Yeah, yeah. In front of you to be there. I mean, that's just yeah. something I've watched. So many nature documentaries, so yeah. many shows throughout my lifetime. I mean, I don't yeah. know how many hours I've spent now watching like animals, lions hunt, all the different yeah. types of animals in Africa. To go there and finally see it for yourself—that yeah. had to have been so awesome insane yeah. like 
breathtaking. Yeah, that's got to be like one of your top moments for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. We saw another one the next day. The mom was hunting for her two babies, and she also failed. And we were like, "Oh man!" <laughs> the first one, you're like, "Okay, I'm glad the zebras won." The second one, you're ready. You're ready for some blood. <laughs> I was ready for it, and then like she was feeding her babies, so like I could justify it in my head a bit more. But you feel bad. You realize that life in the wild isn't easy. Like you yeah. have a deep appreciation for how hard their lives are. Yeah. Well, and especially some of the the brutal tactics that male lions and the prides go through. Like if a male lion uh, challenges the head of the pride and kills it, it's going to kill all the babies as well. Yep. Yep. Our guide told us he witnessed it. So that that just happened. The male lion went into the bush, and all the all my guide heard was like crunch, 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 and it was he was killing the babies. Yeah, which wow. is so ruthless. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a page on Instagram called Nature Is Metal. Am I gonna not want to see this? It is the brutal, very brutal aspect of nature. It's a crazy page, yeah. but it has some horrifying stuff. Yeah, but it's all it's all real. I mean, that's the real world. It's nature. Some some photos and some videos are harder to watch than others, but it's a very yeah. sobering uh, view of what actually goes on in the wild. It's not all what you see on National Geographic or what yeah. the Lion King wants you to make it seem like is going on. You know, it's not the cuddly, right. cuddly, uh, cuddly Simba, you know. So the first thing we did, and I'm not joking you, the first thing we did when we got back from Africa was watch Lion King. I could not let go of Africa. I needed to keep living it. And so we watched The Lion King and you're just like, "Mm, how accurate is that though? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think you're going to go back? Do you think, are you the type to go back to a place once you visited it or are you going to go to a new location every time? I'm usually not the type to go back because in my mind, I'm like, there's so much to see in the world that I, not not yet at least, I feel I can't um, revisit a, a location. But I will 100% go back to Kenya. Like there isn't a doubt in my mind. I don't even know if I could go back to Africa and not do Kenya because I feel like I'd be cheating on it. Like, <laughs> like well, there's have- not many places that you can visit in Africa either, right? It's just Kenya, Tanzania, South Africa. I, I mean, you can go to Namibia. Egypt. And- yeah, there's Egypt or like Namibia, Botswana. Madagascar. Rwanda. Now Rwanda's really safe. <clears throat> is it because that's somewhere those gorillas are only found in those jungle in those mountains and so that's gonna be my next one a hundred percent i have to do rwanda now oh interesting yeah yeah, we, yeah. i'd love to go to rwanda but right. going <laughs> speaking of the lion king um two things one i watched the lion king as i was flying to tanzania <laughs> amazing (laughs) and it was it was pretty epic because like the sun was rising as we were flying from dubai to dar salaam and it was it just felt like the circle of life yeah (laughs) (laughs) but did you see they're making a live action remake or like the all the cgi okay Mm -hmm. i have watched the trailer approximately 17 times and cried for like 10 of them yeah it looks so amazing you guys ready to see mufasa die all over again in, in HD, action. in 4K. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that going to be PG? That can't even, that cannot be PG. I don't PG. know. It might it's be. It's got to be. Oh, it has, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. It, when they redid it, Jungle Book, they, did, I, I, I kind of liked it, but it was, I mean, it was a lot more adult. Yes. Yeah. They're making I, a darker version, Netflix is, of Jungle Book. 
Is it so a it's dark not a Disney version at all. It's gonna. It's supposed to be this dark take on this on that story being released. It's a Netflix original. I just saw the preview yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it what? looks really cool. Did you see the preview for Dumbo? Yes, I did. Okay, okay. Wait a minute, though, Bob. Yes. How do you feel about Dumbo? I I like the the, the movie, the cartoon. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I like it. I I loved it as a kid. Loved I am it. so passionate about elephants now that I was like, no, I refuse. I cannot watch that. Like that is elephant abuse. Like I can't. Well, but that's the whole point of the movie, right? They save him from being in the circus. He was abused, and I know, but still. yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna bring up the waterworks. It's gonna be a tough one. Right. What is My up heart. with all these like old? Because these are these are the movies we grew up with, and yeah. now they're, they're remaking them all. Aladdin as well in 2019. Really? So in 2019, they have live action of Aladdin, uh, Lion King, and Dumbo. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And so they did Beauty and the Beast last year. They already year. did Beauty and the Beast, and they did uh, the Jungle Book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. I'm not against it. It's yeah. No, it's I like different. it. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. I feel it. we're the luckiest generation, though, because we are the ones reliving our youth, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, <laughs> back to the safari. How, <laughs> how, long did, how long did you actually spend on safari? Like, how many days dedicated? So, in the Masai Mara, we did four days and three nights, and that was all at Governor's Camp. And I chose my camp based on the location. So, I researched very very tediously all the camps like all the glamping camps so it's it was like a luxury safari so i researched all of that and then i decided what do i care more about having like the fanciest looking tent or having the best location and obviously for me it was the location like you shouldn't be in your tent that long that you care how luxurious it is right so i chose uh, i chose governor's camp it was it's one of the very first um like luxury camps to ever be like created in the Masai Mara. So it's like the best. Nice. And yeah. did you actually meet with any of the Maasai? Yeah. What did you think of them? It was interesting. Yeah. There's a lot you... of controversy with the Maasai, especially in Here Tanzania. We... Before we get into it, what are the Maasai? The Maasai are a roaming her or a roaming people that claim pretty much all land is theirs and they just have a, a massive herd of cattle and they just yeah. kind of roam land graze no off the land yeah. yeah so they're they're indigenous to eastern africa like through kenya through tanzania and the issue that people are running into is that now that the land is actually being parceled up and privatized that the government the private owners they're all like kind of fighting for whose land is whose and the messiah are just like we own all the land. The land is all the people's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like, we went into one of their houses or, like, their huts or whatever you call them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. And it was super, like, I guess I didn't know as much as I thought I did about the Maasai. Um, if I felt very much like I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Africa now. Like, when they, they, they're, like, chanting and doing their dance and they circle you and you're like, oh, my God. But, like, they're very, they're very proud people. And they loved showing us their life. So, like, it was cool. Um, But then I also didn't know how to interact with them. I was like, how much do I ask? I didn't want to seem rude. I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, how do you interact with someone who's so far removed from everything you know? So far removed. Like, yeah. They were like, yeah, okay, so we eat two meals a day, um, milk in the morning and blood at night. And I was like, what? Wait, what did you say? What at night? <laughs> blood. 
Like they what? drink they drink blood. That is yeah. their meal at night. Like from cattle? Cat, yeah. Cow blood? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and what's one thing that I I still can't remember, I, I know in parts of Tanzania, the Maasai were actually starting to settle, like different groups of them were starting to settle. Oh, and, really? Um, I think I was actually just going to look up to see if they started to use cell phones to kind of talk to each other and other groups and see where they are and also use the cell phones to kind of see where the if the market here is more busy than the market over here. Really? I don't look, I don't know how they are in Tanzania. I found at least the ones that we met in the Masai Mara, they were very remote. Okay. Yeah. I mean, their medication was still, you know, like tinctures of, of whatever plants and herbs they have around them. It was like a very small community. Um, they're, the men are polygamous. So, you know, they have multiple wives so there were like 20 huts in this um, community, and one was for each female's family. Wow. It was cool. Yeah, like it was neat. It was really neat. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really awesome to see in mm-hmm. person. That's really cool. How was the food there? Okay, I have a very sensitive stomach. So unfortunately for me, I don't, when I travel, I'm not one to like go for the craziest food. So I ate well. But I can't say that I like sought very Kenyan traditional food. I ate very well. Like in the Masai Mara, it was lovely. We we had um, meals, like really well cooked meals every meal, <laughs> um, which was it, it was really good. But yeah, super Kenyan food. I can't say I particularly ate. You know in what my- it is? What their typical dishes are? Um, they have a lot of their. It's very much about curries, rice, um. And other, it's like very basic eating. Yeah. 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 I know uh, Tanzania had a lot of like the curries, a lot of, yeah. goat, a lot of goat meat. We had lamb, a lot of lamb stuff. Yeah. yeah. A lot of rice. And it was usually more of like a, a long grained rice, not the mm-hmm. East Asian. Uh, but it was, I, I actually really enjoyed it. It reminded me, it's like a blend between Ethiopian, Indian and Thai. Mm. Those, are, those are the main uh ethnic curry dishes that i think of yeah yeah like i i ate that at the hotels and things but i i can't say that i went and sought like a very kenyan restaurant to experience the food i had ethiopian there it was amazing yeah. um we went to a restaurant called carnivore and which used to actually have like zebra meat and yeah and Whoa. really wild animal which I wasn't really comfortable with, and now I'm glad they don't serve that anymore because it's all about preserving their wildlife rather than exploiting it. So we went to Carnivore, and we had, like, ostrich and crocodile and cool stuff like that. Yeah. Hmm. What did uh, ostrich taste like? It was like chicken. Very much like chicken. Okay. That's what alligator tastes like. Yeah. (laughs) See, I found alligator. I had it in New Orleans. I found it to be a very fishy chicken. Yes. and crocodile was more of like a tough chicken. Mm. Yeah. I found the alligator to be very chewy. Yeah, yeah. and like a fishy kind of aftertaste. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it depends I, if, I think- if it's domestic or wild caught. Oh, really? <laughs> I have no, no idea. <laughs> so, what about la- the language barrier? Did you have any issues with that? Or, um, okay, I f- expected it to be more English. 
than it was because it is one of their native, like it's one of their um, formal languages, but it was always Swahili first. Everywhere you went, it was Swahili first, and then they would speak to you in English. And there was a bit of a barrier. But then in the tourism market, you were like you in the in your hotels or your guide, they always spoke very fluent English. But overall, sometimes I'd be like, oh, like I'm actually surprised that it's it's not quite as common as I expected it to be. Yeah. Did you know uh, Simba is Swahili for lion? Uh, of course, I learned so much. <laughs> I there. just learned that. I just learned that today. <laughs> I was going to teach you that if you didn't. Know yeah. that. It blew my mind. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, Simba is lion. And Rafiki. Do you know what Rafiki means? Friend. Yes. Do you yeah, know what Pumbaa yeah. means? Warthog. No, it means <laughs> foolish. Oh, really? Which makes sense because warthogs it does. are really dumb. They are. Yeah. I don't and think Pumbaa would like that. Okay, what killed me is that, at least for us, they all refer to warthogs as pumbas. What? Yeah, they'd be like, oh, there's a pumba. Like, no one called warthogs warthogs. They were all pumbas. I wonder if that was why Pumbaa was named Pumbaa, or do they call him Pumbaa? I know, I know. Interesting. Right? We'll have to dig into that. (laughs) Did you see any Timons? No, we were in the wrong area of Africa. So they are for sure in, like, Namibia. Uh, Okay, okay. South Africa. No Timons. Uh, what is the, what's the bird's name? Zazu. Zazu. Any Zazus? It means, no. I mean, okay, I was really bad. Whenever they point out birds, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're like the, you know, massive flying ones that are the size of a plane. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be like, oh yeah, like that's pretty, but like. Where's yeah, the- birds don't do it for me either. Yeah. I'm more into mammals, reptiles. Yeah. Um, Sharks, whales. Yeah, I sharks, whales, yeah, for sure. But birds, I'm not a big bird guy. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's really blue. Like, I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. so what, what does Zazu mean? Zazu, so I became obsessed. When I realized that Rafiki was a word, I was like, oh, my God. It, like, how many words were in Lion King? And then I didn't know that they meant something. So Zazu means something like flitting or fleeting, okay. which makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would have to go. That would be interesting to go through all of the characters and see what their actual, if they have meanings. Because I don't, I think I did that when I was coming back from Tanzania and I was like, what does Nala mean anything? Does Mufasa mean anything? Nala is a common, it was described as a common girl's name. Okay. I'm pretty sure Scar is Scar. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like straight up. Yeah, that one's pretty easy to interpret. (laughs) <laughs> um when you when you flew into nairobi did mm-hmm. you have ground tra- transportation already set up or did you have to set that up yourself so i set it up myself beforehand okay. so transportation within a city i had all set up through um my hotels uh, so I let right. the, yeah i was very smart about that because as you know, Nairobi, actually like, you know, like any anywhere really in Kenya is sketchy <laughs> if you aren't safe about it. So, um, yeah, I contacted the hotel beforehand. I let them know when my flight was and we they had their car meet us at the airport. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. And then what about getting from the hotel to the glamping site for the safari? Oh, we took like the teeny tiny bush plane to the Masai Mara. Oh, did you? It was so cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So how many people did it sit? We, there were 11 of us. 11? 
little yeah. prop hit, uh, propeller plane. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so they don't cool. go too high either, so you can see the landscape. Yeah. I've I've been in those a few times. Uh, yeah, that's I would love awesome. to see some of the. Did you get good photos while you were flying? We didn't. We were all just like glued to the to our uh, windows, and uh, like, right. oh my god, it's like you saw the zebra and the giraffe, and oh my god, it was so that is cool. incredible. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like within Nairobi and within Mombasa, we always had our transportation figured out through the hotel. Um, and then when we traveled within Kenya, we did everything by air because we just wanted, it was like the safest and most efficient form of transportation. And I just kind of want to maximize the time that I have wherever I am. So yeah, we flew everywhere. So logistically, you you have that all figured out and the food, you pretty much stuck to hotels and, and nicer restaurants. Are there any other aspects of the itinerary or the planning of this trip that you think you should relay over to anybody interested in in going to Africa? Mm, like in what sense? Uh, just maybe portions of the the trip that you that were harder to plan than others, or maybe you didn't take into consideration until you got there. Okay. Or did you just do a perfect itinerary? I'm not gonna lie, I'm amazing. I'm pretty sure it was a perfect <laughs> I like itinerary. It. I, I, I think it's, it sounds like it was. I did a perfect itinerary. (laughs) I returned to my husband. I'd be like, are you not so proud of me right now? Like this is everything I did was perfection. (laughs) I definitely said that to my wife. Something along those lines. Yeah. And she would say no. Yeah. She's like, no, I could have done better. (laughs) Yeah. We got lucky. I guess like every, I'm lucky that everything I planned worked out. Honestly, the only thing I would have changed from my trip, which is ironic would have been not doing the Seychelles. And that is a great transition because you spent two two of your three weeks in Seychelles, didn't you? No, I did two weeks in Kenya and then five days in Seychelles. Oh, okay. It was flipped. All right. So how was Seychelles? Because I've, I've actually kind of wanted to always go there. I think I saw it on The Amazing Race one time. I was like, oh, Seychelles, that place looks cool. Okay. It's, it is paradise. It is so gorgeous. Right. I have never seen bluer water It was amazing. Like, it's gorgeous. But after you do a safari, everything is kind of like, okay, like, you know, you're not a lion. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yeah, like, you're not in the wild. I don't know. You're kind of realized. I don't know. I felt it really put everything in perspective. So when we're in the Seychelles, you're like, yeah, it's beautiful. But, like, it's kind of, it's still just a beach. So is this a resort? Seychelles are a group of islands off the coast of Kenya. Okay. Like, in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So those are the Seychelles. And yeah, we did um, the first three days were in a hotel and then we did an Airbnb for the last part and it ended up being really crappy weather and it was just like really raining and we're like, you know what, this is our honeymoon and I don't want to just like sit here twiddling my thumbs while it's raining. So we peaced out. We went back to Kenya. <laughs> really? Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Just booked what, like a last minute flight and went back yeah. and spent that's a great idea. Way to way to uh, improvise, you know, right on the on yeah. the spot. Because it was honestly one morning, and I was miserable, and my husband was just like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do with her?" Because I was just like grumpy. You know what I mean? You spend so much money to have this beautiful vacation, and then like the rain is literally ruining everything. So we were just like, last minute, okay, look, we could only catch the one flight back to Kenya, and that was it. It was a split second decision, and we took it, and we went back, and it was the best decision we made. So what'd you do on your last day there? So we spent our last two days there at our favorite hotel. It's called the Villa Rosa Kempinski. And it is 
like the lap of luxury. So it's where Barack Obama stayed when he was president. Like it is, it is like their premium hotel, which I didn't even know was, it was so good before I booked, but yeah, it was insane. So what you're saying is you're pretty much a president. We got to actually see the presidential suite. Did you really? Yeah. How awesome is it? It was insane. So $15,000 a night and yeah, 15,000 night and probably 10 times bigger than the apartment I live in right now. Like it was gigantic. And then you're looking and you're like, oh my God, that's the bed that Barack Obama slept in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's That's awesome. Yeah. They have cleaners specifically for the presidential suite. Like that is her job is to keep the presidential suite clean. Can anybody else stay in this presidential suite or is it only for, I mean, I'm assuming like leaders of what, any country that wants to come or yeah. 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 And, and celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, if you can pay 15 G's a night. It's yours. Then it's yours. Bob, I think we should uh, reach out and say, hey, we'll uh, stay in your presidential suite and write up a review for you. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we're with the Traveler's Blueprint (laughs) podcast and we would love to review your presidential suite. Just let us stay for a week and (laughs) for a week, we will give you an amazing review. (laughs) And at the end of that week, the presidential suite was okay. Yeah. Uh, 3.5 uh, out of 5. Yeah. We'll put it on Yelp. Uh, so, so as as someone who uh, you did, hold on let me back up for a second because that was horrible uh did you take a little honeymoon right after your wedding we did okay um actually i got like deathly ill right after my wedding as i like to do i usually like to get sick before a vacation after a vacation but not during I, no i get lucky like that but oh, oh my god wait bob mm-hmm. when i came back from thailand i got shingles what wow <laughs> yeah i oh. was so sick so anyway that's just what i do um so yeah i got super sick after my wedding and then we went to niagara on the lake so like niagara falls okay for uh, a few days and you're, you're pretty close to niagara falls right you're in yeah. toronto are you yeah. in toronto in the actual city yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. still haven't been there one day yeah. i love it i love toronto i love yeah. Toronto. Yeah, I just I really want to go up there one day. I heard it's an yeah. awesome food city with like really good restaurants. So good, yes. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think you know the someone there. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. Do you yep. follow hockey at all? No. No, it's better you didn't. Flyers got destroyed by Toronto last night or oh. two nights. Yeah, last night six nothing. Oh. Um, Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, were you, what were you gonna say? So the the reason I ask about the little the mini moon was mm. not very many couples will go to Africa for their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's actually really interesting and pretty awesome that you did decide to do that because anybody can go to the Caribbean at any time. Anybody, yeah. a beach is a beach is a beach where no matter oh. where you are. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is a rare thing to A, see the Great Migration, B, see all of those animals, even yeah. just like three of them is incredible. But what did, what would you recommend to someone who is planning on getting married and then planning a honeymoon shortly after that? Instead of doing a regular or standard honeymoon trip, mm-hmm. what would you say to talk them out of it and to talk them into doing something like this besides like and summarize essentially everything you've already told us? Okay, I could I always try to get people to do a cooler honeymoon. 
because these were my justifications for it. So first of all, Africa was always on the top of my bucket list. Okay. But beyond that, you're like, okay, this is your honeymoon. You want to go big, right? You don't want it to just be any other vacation. You want it to be like a big one. And I wanted it to be something that you can justify spending a lot of money on because it's your honeymoon. But in the future, you might be like, no, that's too expensive. You know, when you kind of have the the excuse of a honeymoon, you splurge a bit more. That was the excuse Marley and I had. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's your honeymoon. Like, of course. Like, of course, you're going to stay at that five star hotel. It's your honeymoon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you do more for it. Mm -hmm. And then I, I also wanted to do something that I knew I wouldn't be able to do if I had future children. Like, realistically, if I don't do this now, when am I really going to do it? When I'm 50? Well, that's, yes. I, not so that's you ticked off you ticked it off early now i have to wait and i know that but i'm thinking i'm thinking like 10 might be a good year yeah that's yeah true. yeah well it, interestingly one of my co-workers he had a very different experience of africa he went on a hunting trip with his father to mm. south africa mm. and he was i think 13 at the time and they were mm. there for like a week and i think they did either wildebeest I think they did wildebeest hunting. Nothing huge. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was he was very young. So I mean, thirteen is probably the time you could probably start taking them. But then again, that is a very strict regimented hunting thing that is usually on private land, and you yeah. have guards with you pretty much at all times. Mm-hmm. So it's it just depends on what kind of experience of Africa you want. Yeah. And you want to make sure that your children. So after I went to Africa, I was like, no, if I have kids, I, they have to experience this. Like, I really believe whether you're an animal lover or not, you should really experience Africa. First of all, it's the most magical place on earth. Literally, like you can't believe that you share the same planet with these beings, you know, and so for that alone, I think everyone should experience it because now I have such a deep appreciation for for our planet, even just like, you know, like the poverty you see, you, you makes you really rethink your life. And yeah. so I really do want my children to go there one day and to experience it because it's it's amazing. Yeah. And it, uh, trips like that are they're humbling. They bring you back to earth. They're at times existential. They they make you realize your uh, mortality. All mm-hmm. of these things that are sometimes lost and you will never be able to get any of those feelings from a standard education, standard schooling. I mean, we actually had someone on last weekend who focuses his trips on taking groups of people out to really cool places and makes them go outside their comfort zone, learn about themselves, learn about their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think not everyone has the means to go to Africa as much as yeah. we want to get everyone to Africa to kind of understand it. But I think yeah. we should find ways to get some of those experiences locally. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get... <laughs> I'm not suggesting that we release wild elephants and tigers <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Although that would be interesting. I would feel bad for the animals. Right? Yeah, yeah. The concrete jungle. No, I yeah, it is invaluable to have to bring people yeah. to Africa. And that's why I really want to do it. Um, but going back to what you said, yeah, that's the type of trip that 
you should do before you have kids because then you are going to be stuck with a a baby for quite some time. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good one to do prior to that. Um, Mainly the outdoors types of vacations like like Iceland Mm -hmm. is another big one that Marley and I didn't get to do that we had on our list that we knew we needed to do before we had the baby, but we just ran out of time. We were going in other places. But yeah, so that that's a good that's a good point to make that if you haven't gone to Africa by the time you're on your honeymoon and you're thinking about having kids, maybe focus on Africa at that time. And I found, you know, Europe, I haven't touched much of Europe, but I know that it's something you can do anytime. Like it's easily accessible. You can do it when you're older. You can do it with a kid. Like, you know, a kid can stay with grandparents for a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, for Africa, you can't go to Africa for a week. It has to be a big chunk of time. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. you, you, Bob, and I have had that conversation about Europe before. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Bob, Bob and I always talk about like, oh, we'll be able to do, we can do Europe whenever we want. It's yeah. so safe. It's just like, a, it's like a, an America across the pond, but with well, different that's accents. Why, that's yeah. why I haven't done France. That's why I haven't done it, Italy yet. And that's, it's because... You know, standing on that lawn in front of the Eiffel Tower, while I know is amazing, and when I experience it, I'm going to love it, mm-hmm. I just know that it's easier to do, and I could be yeah. older in life and, and still access that and still walk around Paris, no problem. But yeah. going on a safari through yeah. Africa or hiking in Iceland or yeah. doing something that requires a lot of physical activity or just uh, extensive hours in the heat, that's mm-hmm. stuff that you have to do now. You can't wait, and mm-hmm. that's why it's important. So, yeah. um All right, Mikhail, we're going to get close to wrapping this up, but I have one very important last question for you. Spoiler alert, we will be talking about contents of Game of Thrones that you may not have seen or read about. Okay. Okay. Who do you think is going to end up on the Iron Throne? (gasps) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a transition to to Game of Thrones. So if you're not a fan, it's okay if you want to turn it off right now. But Yeah, this could go on for another hour. (laughs) I'll keep it short. Who who do you have? Who who's ending? Who's ending on the throne? Do you have a theory? I don't know. I I want to say Snow. You think so? I don't know. Yeah. Who do you think? Um, I have a theory. I don't know okay. if you want to hear it. It's I do. So this is my theory that so, whatever happens at the end, I think Danny and Snow die. I think <gasps> they both die. Yeah, I do. And I think the baby, I think she has a baby. Maybe she dies at childbirth. Because remember how they slept together in the last episode or yeah. the second to last? And maybe the baby, okay. like under Tyrion's wing, becomes okay. the ruler. I don't know. I don't know. Marlia has a theory that um, Tyrion always talked about breaking the wheel. Or basically, Marlia thinks like they're going to form democracy or something. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one either. That's but. too easy. Yeah, they're because I think they mentioned or Daenerys mentioned breaking the wheel and stopping the rotation of various houses being rulers, and that maybe they will form a government, a democratic government. <laughs> Who knows? But <laughs> so I, having read the the books and seen the shows many times, I I do not believe any of the major characters are going to be on the Iron Throne, and I'm a little bit That's with. Fair. I'm a little bit with Marlia. I don't think that they're necessarily going to form a democracy, but I think that the whole situation is just going to get blown to bits. I think there's going to be havoc between the Night King and the 
real between all of Westeros, and I think that everything is going to dissolve into a fiery mess, a fiery and icy mess that only a few people will rise from the ashes, and whoever that is, it could just be a random schmo that sits on the Iron Throne, if there even is one. Wow. I kind of like the love child idea, though. Yeah, that's I, that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. Okay. I, you, yeah. I feel like you have something going there. For the longest, see. for the longest time, I was I kept on waiting for Bran to like warg into one of the dragons. I think I still think it's gonna happen. I'm still waiting for Bran to do something. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, what has he done yet? I'm still waiting for the reunion though. Bran and John need to talk. Yeah, John know. doesn't know he's a spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I think yeah. Bran Bran's gonna reach out to John through one of his visions. Yeah, totally should have dropped the spoiler alert line before we got into this conversation. <laughs> I'll drop it in later. <laughs> we might have to edit one in. I don't want to make anybody angry. Yeah. Well, all right, Michaela. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Your honeymoon sounds like it was an incredible time. Very jealous. And I think I'm going to be borrowing your itinerary. One day when I'm ready to Do go, it. I might I might have to hit you up for that itinerary. Oh, I'll yeah. send it to you. It's like an extensive, thorough, awesome itinerary. I get it. I get it. I, if you want to go to Peru, I can send you the one that I wrote up for Ellie and I. I yeah. do want to go to Peru. Yeah. yeah, Bob, we can go on a brony moon. Oh, that's yes. so cute. Yes, I'll, we'll hold hands on the safari as we <laughs> adopt an elephant together. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. I love those stories. Thanks. Man, I just feel like I missed out on my Africa trip. Like I should have gone during the Great Migration, but I mean, I didn't really have a choice. Yeah, I I didn't even know that that was an option to do that to go at that specific time that's awesome man that that was such a cool story uh, I, I need to get to africa yeah i'm yeah, serious I, about the brony moon yeah let's do it yeah. hey peru peru is you know 2019 and then maybe the next one in a few years we have to space them out because we obviously i guess still have to go on vacations with our wives and families but who we'll oh to... <laughs> right yes them yes yeah. um but we'll have to fit in like every every few years we'll come up with a new country to go to together all right or several countries brocation or brony brony moon well we can only have one brony moon maybe that's machu i like it but i like it but we have someone else coming on that one oh, third wheel god i know oh <laughs> whatever all right well just a reminder please 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 give us a review rate us it does mean the world to us and when I say that, I do not say that lightly. Bob and I very much appreciate the world, and we love the world. So a rating really goes a long way. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Check out our website. It is pretty sweet. Changing it up a little bit. You can find out a lot more information on the guests we have on the show, uh, some of the references throughout the podcast episodes, and some products that some of the people talk about. Thank you for being fantastic listeners, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.